Hello. Ah, hello. Yeah, hello, Dave. Welcome to Sustainable 3. Thank you very much, and welcome to our listeners. And I can confirm that we now have listeners, plural, more than Ooh. one. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah, we're getting there. And they're not even robots. Oh, I have no idea of the robots. I just know, okay. I just know that we, we have more than one listener. Welcome to uh, Sustainable. This is your weekly dose of podcast fun about the environment and all the ridiculous things that go on in it and how it's all so complicated. Um, we work for environmental charities, but this is very much our own shtick, isn't it, Ollie? It is. So if you've got any beef with us or what we say, um, directed at us, not at our employers. Indeed. And where are you this fine evening, sir? I am in Loughborough Junction, which is my home, and apparently also the home to some quite noisy people this evening, so apologies if you hear a party upstairs or a plane overhead or the dog that will not shut up. Where are Mm. you? I'm in the People's Republic of North Somerset, the retirement town of Nailsey, where I live. I am in my (laughs) mid-30s, unlike anyone else in this entire village, and the closest we come to a party is when uh, they do cut-price tea in the local Waitrose. Sustainable of the week. Sustainable of the week. Right, uh, so I'm going to give you, how about the Natural Capital Committee, whose boss is a man called Professor Dieter Helm, and who reports to uh, our friend, the Chancellor George Osborne. We'll get to him a bit later in the podcast, actually. Um, And what it is, is they brought out their third report on the state of natural capital this week, which contains some quite extraordinary stuff um do you know what natural capital is no i've heard it it's one of those things that people talk about and i nod sagely and go mm, natural capital haven't got a clue you know what capital capital is like, yeah i know what, what capital capital is what's capital you know? capital well you know like stuff money yeah assets assets right so there's this thing this idea around of, of of natural capital so that you know our economy takes stuff out of nature like wood and you know flood defenses and air and it, there's all these things that the economy needs from nature which are worth something but the economy just thinks they're free right and so the idea is, has come up of calling it natural capital because if you start calling it things that sound like they're nice and economic then all the people who only care about economics and think that the environment is a load of old fiddly tosh will start to take it seriously so so when there's an economist standing there with a chainsaw and you're going please don't chainsaw the hell out of that tree because it's a lovely tree and they're going i don't understand it and they, they get even closer with the chainsaw you go whoa 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 it's worth Something. That's right. Please, if you destroy that natural capital, you will cost the economy thirty billion pounds or something like that. So they put um, their chainsaw down. And so they put their chainsaw. Well, that's that's the argument. Now, look, I should say, I mean, we should devote a, a big chunk of a future podcast to this. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with what they're trying to do, right? And certainly, it's the case that anything which results in people like the Treasury and economists who are you know, actually starting to think about the environment in any sort of sensible way. Anything that does that is kind of hard to be against, right? But have a listen to what uh, Professor Dieter Helm said uh, in his report on natural capital this week, right? So he said, uh, the natural environment is in long-term decline, which I think I would agree with. And and then he said, successive natural capital deficits have built up a large natural capital debt. And this is... Oh, I know. Keep, keep going, but oh, I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. And this is proving costly to the economy. 
If economic growth is to be sustained... What about natural capital? It's proving got... pretty bloody costly to natural capital, <laughs> I should think. It's enormously costly to natural capital. But if economic growth is to be sustained, warns Professor Helm, natural capital has to be safeguarded. So here's what he's just said, right? He's oh. basically said... Uh, We've built up a large natural capital debt, i.e. we've chopped all the trees down, and this is proving costly to the economy, i.e. we can't make things out of wood anymore. If economic (laughs) growth is to be sustained, natural capital has to be safeguarded, i.e. if you want to keep having economic growth, you need wood. (laughs) Now, if he just come out and he said, uh, I like economic growth, and economic growth needs stuff, and we're chopping all the stuff down and burning it, so maybe we shouldn't do that. Fair enough. I'd give him a round of applause. But why has everything got to be flaming? Why have we got to take the, the, the natural world, the only one planet that we've got, and shoehorn it, get it into a shoebox and stuff it in with our fists? And that shoebox is our <laughs> teeny tiny little understanding of economics, our, our, our own little invented subjective rules <laughs> for what economics is, that we convince ourselves is some sort of iron law. And the only way that we think we can not chop all the trees down is if we call it natural capital and then we put our best suit on and we sit in front of other people in suits and we call it we talk about natural capital debts and i I just find it all incredibly weird and i suppose it is i suppose we have to do it but it it enough weird when you stop and think about it it's damn weird all right dave i've got a question go on so i want you to answer this with your belief right what do you believe will uh is is to be true um, I've got a massive sledgehammer. Right? <laughs> I know you have. What are we talking about? I've <laughs> <laughs> got a massive sledgehammer. I've also got Jeff Capes. Yes. World's strongest man from 30 years ago. Mm. And he's swinging that sledgehammer in the direction of your forehead. Right? Right. And I want you to tell me whether you believe it's going to hurt. Don't think so. You don't think that's going to hurt? No, I don't. I don't believe it's going to hurt. No. Um, so you, you you don't believe that you know there are there are pain. Uh, you know that our nerves send uh, immediate no. sort of messages to the brain saying no. a really bad things happened. No. That's pain. You need to get out of the way. Your 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 skull's being smashed up. I don't think there's any evidence for that. No, I don't believe right. it. Right. Right. Okay. What it. about um, if I am holding a stone? Yes. Six feet above the ground. Yes. And I let go of it. Do you, do you believe that's going to fall to the ground? It might do, but uh, no, I don't believe that either. Right, why, why, should why should I? You're well, an idiot. Well, so uh, yeah, and this is of course very good because I do I do believe these things really. But um, oh, good, you're not an idiot. I'm, I'm not. Well, I am an idiot, but not for not for that reason. <laughs> um, and of course, this has been a week. Uh, and I wanted to talk about this a bit, if it's all right, where uh, what people believe about hard scientific facts has suddenly oh. been very interesting to a lot of people, right? Mm. So over here in the UK, it was actually quite heartening. But you remember last week we were talking about uh, Viscount Christopher Monckton, who just decides that he can't be bothered with all that tedious, you know, fact stuff and just rigs up yeah. Microsoft Excel spreadsheets that show I've that... I've got my own facts. They're better. Got my own facts. Got my own facts. Look, short <laughs> and ones. And I'm a lord. Little ones, right? And, uh, well, there was a out this week that said in the uk a a poll opinion poll. you said a poll a poll a poll a poll there's a poll it's just a poll it's my accent it's a poll there's a poll there's a poll out this week opinion poll out this week which says that 90 percent of the uk public think that climate change which is you know let's face it happening is happening that's quite good isn't it 
Yeah, I do worry for the 10% that don't, but 90%, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's pr- and if you consider, you know, all of the... Uh, you, you wouldn't think that was what people thought, given some of the rubbish that politicians come out and how, you know, flim-flammy some of the debate around climate change can be and all the front page of the sun and all of that sort of nonsense about things. But, yeah, that is what people think. 84% think that uh, humans are doing it. So there are about, you know, six percentage points of of people who say that it is happening, but I don't think humans are to blame. But, okay, 84% is still all right, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Take that, yeah. And what percentage of people do you think are worried about it? Worried about it? Yes. Uh, so they accept I, it's happening, but yeah. Well, it's always it's always been the classic kind of this is a problem for generations in the future or a hundred years down the line. It will be really bad. But I think people are realizing that it's happening now, especially with flooding last year in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say about a quarter of people yeah, said uh, that they were worried about it. Yeah, two thirds. Two thirds of people. Two thirds of people. Well, uh, so when, uh, when, well, when that was if they were asked, you know, in the, so they asked in the UK, they said, "Are you worried about climate change?" And the answer to that question, two thirds of people said yes. Right. So if you actually ask people without leading them, and you said, "What do you think is the biggest threat facing the country?" You don't get as impressive a result, right? You get, you know, <laughs> this is not going to surprise you. You get immigration. You get yeah, the yeah. economy, you get the health service. But then, in fourth place, unprompted, you get climate change. That is surprisingly high. Isn't that it? is genuinely surprisingly high, isn't it? Isn't it? 15% of people. So 15% of people will, if you just ask them, what's the biggest threat facing the UK in the future, they will say climate change. That's pretty oh, good. Maybe, you know. And maybe we're doing something right. Well, maybe we are. And actually, one of the things that uh, you said was quite interesting. We talked about flooding because uh, it, it rises. People who've actually been on the wrong end of floods, which is a lot of people actually, particularly down my neck of the world. Thirty percent of people unprompted said, uh, actually twenty nine percent of people unprompted said, climate change is the biggest threat. The theory being, you see, that if people actually start to see it in their life, start to see it as a thing that is actually happening now, then suddenly it becomes a lot more. A lot more real. Yeah, well, of course, I mean, that, and that makes a lot of sense. Which is why um, everyone in America, mm. um, you know, is uh, totally believes that evolution is a thing, and uh, that we weren't all just created in a mm. um, magical kind of pop-up book of loveliness with a snake uh, a couple of thousand years ago. Mm. Um, or do they? Mm. Or do they? No, they don't. You see, uh, they don't. Uh, Look, I, I love Americans. I, I wish to preface what I'm about to say with saying that Americans are not idiots. Yes, I agree. I, 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 yeah, we don't want to come across as anti-American. No, Americans are definitely not idiots. But <laughs> 33%, only 33%, right, which is a third of all Americans, think that man evolved without any help from, like, a god through natural selection. So basically 33%, only a third of Americans, believe that Darwin was right. Oh, God. You know what year this is? (laughs) (laughs) Only half of the... Actually, well, a full half of the American public think there is no evidence for climate change. So It's just shocking, isn't it? And it's it's a really difficult thing, belief, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. why you believe a thing 
is the result of an infinite number of factors. It depends who told you. It depends what you want to believe. It depends on your own personal experience, which might be, um, you know, a completely a statistically kind of one-off experience, but it happened to you, so you 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 believe it is a thing. Yeah. There's all sorts of reasons you believe a thing. So it's a bit easy to just say, oh, well, you know, the facts prove otherwise, so you're stupid to believe this. No, and, you know, let's be absolutely, and there's stuff, I'm sure, there's stuff I believe that's patently irrational. Um, and that's, you know, that's all, that's just what it is, isn't it? We're not, unlike these economists who think you can just put people into Microsoft Excel and out will spit perfect models of their behaviour, we're not like that. We're, we're bags of water with very small brains trying to make sense of an incredibly complicated universe. And we cling to things, you know, we cling to religious or economic or political ideological things. And they mean that sometimes what is actually going on just isn't something we're interested in. And that's no one's fault. That's just Oh, oh, we're terrified of it. That's the other thing. Reasons to be cheerful. So, how do you fancy a reason to be cheerful, then? Oh, I would love one. Cheer me up. Fill me with your cheer. Right, Okay. Uh, So, some good news from India this week. I think it's good news anyway, where obviously one of the world's biggest economy, uh, biggest economies has this week, uh, Narendra Modi, who's the boss of India, um, stood up with Barack Obama, who's the boss (laughs) of... That's on his business card, is it? Says boss. uh, (laughs) Boss, comma, India. Boss, yeah, and uh, Barack Obama, (laughs) boss, comma, United States of America, comma, free world. Stood. Uh, they both stood up, did a joint thingy, and what's going to happen is India is going to do a hundred <laughs> joint thingy. It's Friday. I'm tired. <laughs> this is great. Carry on. <laughs> did a joint thingy, and the thingy is that India is going to do a hundred gigawatts of solar by the year 2022, which isn't that far away at all, is it? Seven years or something like that, no, right? Yeah, that and that's that's a lot. That's good. All right, India is massive, and there's a lot of people there, but it's still a lot. All right, so. Possibly people listening might not know what a gigawatt is, less so what 100 gigawatts is. Oh, I know that but, uh, 100 gigawatts is 100 times better than one gigawatt. Oh, thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> to give it some context, we in the UK, right, yeah. there is now, and this is this is related to good news, actually. Um, we just found out that there's now five gigawatts in the UK. And, of solar. Um, of solar in the UK. And that is enough to power about a million and a half homes and it is equivalent to about five um, nuclear power stations of the the smaller existing variety in the UK. So it's it's gone very quickly in the last few years. It's gone from a tiny proportion and a bit of a bit player in the UK energy mix to a, you know, a sort of a gigs type figure in your menu starting 11. Um, it's not Cantona, like bullying no. through the middle. No, but no, it's, it's not a Darren pretty... Fletcher either, is it? It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a Darren Fletcher yeah. or a Mark Bosnich. Yeah, it's definitely moving in the right direction. And this is what, yeah, we were talking last week about the cost of this stuff coming down. And you know, really now it look, it feels to me anyway. And I know that I'm a you know, unreconstructed hippie who sits around smoking yogurt, but I do think <laughs> that it's on. Is that all you've got to do in Nancy? It's pretty I don't much blame yeah, you. smoking yogurt. Yeah, um, <laughs> I do think it's on. It's on the verge of going. Uh, stratospheric you know you you get 100 gigawatts going in india and just look at what that does to the costs and the market and the take-up and all of that and um yeah. i think it's a really exciting time do you agree i with agree me? Oh, i totally agree it's really exciting it's happening in china as well it's happening in india it's happening in the states right you know the real powerhouses of the of the world economy and germany and, and, and europe as well are doing it. It's solar's happening, and there's nothing you can do about it if you're a big, nasty Mister Big Six energy company, gas guzzling, coal munching 
prick. Complete and utter Nazi Tyrag of the week. But I'll tell you who isn't going to be happy about the renewable energy revolution in the UK and putting loads of solar in, and that's the Chancellor of the Exchequer, George Osborne. Gideon. Not just for posing in a picture which makes it look like he's drinking cider with his willy out, but that was <laughs> that was one of my highlights of the week. And it's probably just as well for Mrs. Osborne that that actually wasn't <laughs> what it was depicting, I would I would say. So he's uh he was made to look a bit silly and mean this week by a leaked letter that he'd sent to all of his little underlings, his mini under Osbos in the cabinet, who he had. No one wants to be under Osbo. Yeah, all these all these people under Osbo who he'd written to, and he'd said, "Right, listen up, bastards. This is how it's going to be." <laughs> uh, word up, word up, word up, <laughs> bastards. Word up, homies. This is how it's going to be. As a personal priority, I want you to do absolutely everything the shale gas industry wants. That's what you said, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, it, well, it almost is, and it's well, specifically this company. He's saying this company, Quadrilla, you know, the old lizard lot yeah. with Francis Egan, Dr. Evil, yeah. is saying basically get every obstacle out of the way so they can be fracking under Lancashire. In the, this letter, six-page letter, according to the, the news reports, um, the top uh, top of the list is to respond to the asks from Quadrilla. So basically, Quadrilla ask, you do. Quadrilla say, jump, you say, how high? And it's, um, hmm. it's pretty shocking, really, that level of collusion. It is, isn't it? And there was some stuff in there. We'll talk in a minute about, uh, you know, the specifics of what being, what's been going on this week. But didn't he say something like, if up in Lancashire they decide that they don't want to have fracking, then make it a priority to make them have fracking, basically? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I haven't got the exact quote in front of me. Right. But the other thing that really sticks out is it relates to what we were just talking about, is the time warp that mm-hmm. they're living in. Mm-hmm. The extent to which when the rest of the world is going, wow, solar, renewables, it's happening, you know, let's let's do this and um, move away from fossil fuels, Osbo and his, and his um, underlings are going, tell you what, why don't we try and do everything possible to have more fossil fuels and help out the old... The old boys in the in the shale gas industry, um, you know, we've scratched their back, they've scratched ours for years. That's the way it's always going to be. It just makes them look really out of touch. Prediction time. You made a prediction, didn't you? What was it? Well, yeah, tell you the class. Me. Tell the class. <laughs> what did you predict? Uh, I I predicted that in Lancashire, mm-hmm. a decision would definitely be made as to whether or not Quadrilla get the go ahead to frack. Yes. To frack, 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 as and we were saying last week. You said... Um, well, I, I, I said, A, that that decision would happen, yeah. and I inferred that implied. it would... Sorry, implied. You're right, you're mm. quite right. Oh, this is this is a car crash for me all around. I implied that the decision would uh, say, no, you can't frack. And what happened? It wasn't that. <laughs> well, it wasn't that. Yeah, well, I'll tell, <laughs> shall I tell everyone what happened? What happened was the decision know. wasn't made and the decision that, w- that you had predicted would happen, which be that it would be made and uh, Dr. Evil finger-biting Francis Egan would be told to do one. Uh, that, didn't, that didn't happen, did it? They basically said, no, all right, Quadrilla, uh, you're clearly nice, so you can have eight more weeks to come back and persuade us. Uh, Persuade us why you're nice. Yeah, there's some lawyers got involved and said, um, you know, we don't want to make the decision for you, but if you don't defer this decision, you're probably going to get sued to high kingdom come. So one nil to me then, um, and I'm going to have my go at prediction now. And it's going to be this, right? So I have heard, I'm going to make a twofold prediction. 
And if one of them doesn't happen, the other one won't happen either, right? I reckon it's going to snow in London next week. Right? No way. That's my prediction. No way. I think there's going to be snow on the ground in London. And then I think there's going to be... The, the actual prediction is a front page of a major newspaper is going to talk about why people don't believe climate change is happening. And that's going okay. to happen. That's going to happen next week. <laughs> it's not allowed to be the Daily Express. I refuse you the Daily Express. Why? Why? Because that's, that's all they talk about. Well, OK, all right. Not the Every Daily Express. Every front page is about the weather and about how a heat wave or a deep freeze is coming. That's just what they talk about. So that's what there's going to be. Let's go for the Mail or the Telegraph. There's going to be pictures of London with snow in it. And then very close to that, narratively, is going to be loads <laughs> of stuff saying climate change is a conspiracy cooked up by communists. So much for global warming. <laughs> So that was Sustainable 3, done. Woo, in the can. In the can, done and dusted. Thank you, listeners, plural, for listening. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, uh, Twitter interactor singular, for interacting with us this week. Yeah, Yeah. massively, like, uh, unbelievably thrilled when somebody actually tweeted us. An actual person at the Babble Wagon, which is where you can find us. Obviously, you can find us, and you've downloaded this podcast, you know roughly where we are, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you like us, uh, use whichever your chosen medium is and give us a little review or a, or a uh, nice word or two, because it does make a massive amount of difference. Yeah, it does. And if you've got anything you want to uh, tell us and not on the interweb, send us an email at uh, sustainababble at yahoo.com. Um, if you've got any predictions like there's going to be some weather yep. or better ones then um, let us know yeah and if I were you I'd be a little bit less flippant about my prediction given how awfully you've done so far <laughs> thank you to uh, Dickie Moore as always for our wonderful theme music thank you to you for listening and goodbye goodbye goodbye